everybody. Welcome to Movie Reel. I'm Kevin Tracy. And I'm Samantha Tomlinson. I am very excited for this movie today. Uh, I actually remember seeing this approximately three times in theaters when it first came out. Um, super hilarious movie, and it is the 2007 movie Wild Hogs. Uh, why don't you give us a, a brief synopsis of that, Sam? It is a bunch of middle-aged guys who are in, like, want, like pretend, kind of pretending they're in a biker gang. They all just wear leather jackets with a patch on it that says Wild Hogs. And to regain their youth, decide to go on a cross-country road trip. Yeah, they, they start from Cincinnati and they want to go all the way to uh, uh, California. Um and it, this movie is also just really interesting because not only is this movie like super like star-studded, it's got Tim Allen, Martin Lawrence, John Travolta, William H Macy, uh, Ray Liotta. It, it has John C. Yeah, uh, I'm spacing on his name, but he's like he was the like flamboyant cop that kept like hitting on them. Yeah, yeah, he was. I, I just God, remember him is... as. I just remember him. He's like the main. Like, John one C. Of the McGinley. Doctor. Yeah, John C. McGinley. He was on I, Scrubs. Yeah, Scrubs. Yeah. Um, yeah, and it also has uh, uh, Aunt May Marissa, in it. Marissa yeah, Tomei. Marissa Tomei. <laughs> yeah, and, no, this uh, movie is just, it is just jam-packed with as many celebrities as possible, it feels like. Um, and it definitely works. Like, everyone just kind of brings their A-game to this movie, and which is kind of surprising, because this seems like a movie that not that many people talk about or, or remember. Um, like it, I'm, I mean, it wasn't the best comedy, but I mean, it's still like a really solid comedy. It's pretty much just four men go, he is going through their own kind of like internal midlife crisis kind of situation. Um, and I'll kind of delve into that uh, a bit later, but it, it's all really solid, pretty straightforward comedy that it seems somewhat relatable, uh, no matter what age. And, um, yeah, the jokes are solid. The cast is phenomenal, but I just I never understood why this isn't one of those movies that isn't as remembered as it is. So, I had never seen this movie. I remember when it came out and I had just my sister, I told her we were doing this movie. She's like, "You've seen this movie a bunch of times." Like no, I haven't. I've never seen this movie. And I'm like, the only scene that I've seen, it's like, it was just on TV, and I just remember it seeing for this one scene, it was when William H. Macy comes out of the woods carrying a bag of his own shit and decides <laughs> to hang it in a tree so that the bears don't get it. That is the only scene that I have seen. And the first, like, act of this movie, the first third of this movie... I hated it so much. I thought it was <laughs> such garbage and it was like torture. And for a split second, I kept, I realized I can't blame you for having me watch this because I think I'm the one that suggested it. I think you put it on like the table, like, Hey, this yeah. would be a good one to do. And yeah, then I'm like, I... yeah, let's just do this movie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and then I'm like, also I couldn't blame you because I've made you sit through way shittier things and watch you <laughs> suffer so i realized that this, i have no reason to complain i have no right to complain <laughs> um, 
this is my unintentional uh, payback, Vent. even though this, <laughs> even though in all fairness, I actually genuinely enjoy this movie, and I don't think it's that bad. I think once uh once they are on the road, I thought it got better. Once, especially once they were in uh, uh, Madrid, New Mexico, once they were in the town, that's when I was fully invested. And that's when I actually noticed I started, there were, I started laughing like out loud. There were a lot (laughs) of jokes that I know were supposed to be funny that I just didn't find funny. And there were some that I'm like, I know this is supposed to be funny, but it made me think of how... In, I think I said this during like League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, how there were times where Sean Connery would say like a zinger, and then it would just cut so quick that we don't have time to like laugh or respond to the zinger. And gotcha. there were a couple jokes like William H Macy opens the door and expects it to like slowly like stay open, and then it just slams closed. <laughs> he just went right on with it. And there's something about the whole like it wasn't like. We didn't. I saw what happened, but just the movement was so quick that he just went on with it. Like there was no time for the audience to like fully react. I, I feel. I feel like there was like a proper time to react. Because literally, yeah. as soon as that happened, all the other like the the other like the Del Fuegos, the the bad guys of this movie, they all like bust up laughing. It's like, oh, look at this idiot. So it's like that. Yeah, that that's a proper cue for I mean, the audience to laugh as well. Just, it was just very whatever. I feel like once. They were on the trip. It picked up the first, like yeah. the first act. I was just, I couldn't believe. I'm like my, I was called my sister. I'm like, you've seen this multiple times. How? <laughs> Why? I like, I didn't get, I was trying because I know you love this movie and I was trying to like understand the appeal. And I, by the end, I got the appeal. But yeah. the first half yeah, I, was I, really rough. I, I do agree. Like the, the, the opening, um, of just them all introducing themselves it is really slow even though like that is a, a very vile part but it does kind of go not, back yeah. into what i was referencing earlier of it kind of delves into like each of these guys lives and just kind of shows them or shows the audience just kind of their own kind of personal midlife crisis like tim allen he's a dentist in cincinnati and he has pretty much just played it safe like his entire life and we learn. Uh, late, a little bit later on that he was kind of like the wild child of the group like he was just like getting high and doing all these crazy stunts uh, like all the time in college um and his kid doesn't like him his kid thinks he's just super lame yeah and that's um, that's, that's his major problem and that he has to eat yeah, healthy he, because of reason yeah because of health reasons yeah he he's just yeah. always kind of been playing it safe since like you know he, he's had a family he he needs to be responsible and then there's william h macy who didn't take any risks in life and he's terrified of talking to women he's incredibly awkward even though he he wants to ha- kind of have that connection with someone but he is emotionally incapable of doing that he's emotionally incapable of actually um making that first step to forming some kind of a relationship like that. Uh, and then John Travolta is just the kind of guy who's kind of lived a bit more than the other guys, but he is pretty much lost everything. His wife's divorced him. He's going bankrupt. He's losing his house. He, he's just, everything's going wrong for him. So this road trip is like his like only real escape, like both literally, literally and figuratively. And then 
Martin Lawrence has just been kind of beaten down by life. Like his wife is kind of like in charge. He, he's not really making any money. He's unemployed. And the, uh, the one job that he does have is just, he's basically like a worse plumber because he's just cleaning up like gas station, like restrooms and stuff like that. It's just, his life just kind of sucks. So it's just like, yeah, no, I'll definitely take this road trip. Please take me with you. <laughs> but they all seem to be kind of like, I mean, yes, they're nice to each other, but yeah. I'm like, how do they not know that John Travolta is going through divorce? How do they not know that uh, Martin, so Martin Lawrence worked with, he was like a plumber and then quit because he wanted to take a year off to write his how-to book. We yeah. never know. It never comes back. And we also have no idea how to what. It's yeah. just his how-to book. It, it's and, just, he, he, yeah. want, he wanted to do something that didn't involve that um yeah and yeah. i thought that was like a i didn't have any issue with that idea it just didn't ever come back well, like it, it would have been really need to i feel I like know, it, but it, it, was it just... seemed random like yeah. that he took off a year for this book so it's it kind of made it sound like it was going to be important or maybe he's embarrassed to admit to his friends that he's writing a book like whatever like i just thought it's the well, fact I, that he took so much time off I, I think like I think the main thing is just it for Martin Lawrence's character is just how beaten down he is and how yes. low down the food chain he is in his own household. Like his children don't listen to him. His his teenage daughter doesn't respect him. She like walks down and is like, "What are you doing? Dress like that?" It's like, "Dad, you're so lame." And his younger daughter, she's just screaming. She won't listen to him. He he gets no respect at home, uh, and that's pretty much like the only main takeaway. The book was just kind of like a throwaway joke was just showing like okay. he wants to do something but he really can't um because no one trusts uh, or believes in his ability to do that at home so he gets no support the only support he really gets is from his friends on this road trip yeah but none of them seem like they don't know that he went back as a he like had to get his job back as a plumber. None of them yeah. seem to know that John Travolta is going through a divorce. I'm like, why don't, how do they not know this? I don't know. Well, it seems like they only kind of yeah. like hang out like every, like once in a while. And all they do is just kind of like drink beer at a bar for like an hour. That, that seems like the only time they ever really hang out outside of this road trip. Cause outside of this road trip, they all like collectively hang out two times and one of them is when they are meeting up to go on the road trip yeah um and, yeah and, and, and they never show like how much time has passed since them meeting at the bar discussing the idea of potentially going on a road trip that josh volta proposes and them actually going on and doing it like for all we know like a week at week's time has passed yeah it's supposed to be a week this entire like the trip is supposed to be about a week yeah and... which i think is yeah, that's a that's a believable stretch of time. It's a believable stretch of time. I'm just more thinking realistically. So you're going to take how long are you to take to get across the country, and then how long are you going to take to get back? Like that's a like that's so much writing in a week. <laughs> so it's not as much the time frame of the movie. I'm more thinking of they say we got to be back in a week, and I'm like, wow, good luck. Yeah, like that's, I mean, that's I, I, I was, I mean. Uh, kind of a side tangent, but uh, a friend of mine had to go. He got like a job opportunity over in Massachusetts, and he needed to drive like his car and like all of his stuff there because there, there's no way it would t be way more expensive to just ship it 
uh, yeah. through through air. So I, I went with him to keep him company because, you know, going cross country by yourself is not, that just sounds like torture. So I went with him and it took us about a week to go from here in California all the way to Massachusetts. And then I got flown back. Yeah. Um, so it is a believable thing. And we were pretty much going nonstop. Like we would drive like eight, 10 hour days. Um, yeah. like we, we would drive at like seven in the morning to like 10 at night. Um, and yeah, we literally had like one day where we just kind of goofed off of mm-hmm. just like, okay, let's just go sightseeing. We, we, we were a day early. Let's just kind of relax and not be in the car. <laughs> See, I, uh, next month I'm going to Joshua tree. So that's like Palm Springs area in Southern okay. California. And, uh, my friends are flying. I do not want to get on a plane right now because that sounds gross yeah. to me. Yeah. No, I uh, and this agree. isn't ex- and this isn't exactly essential to do this, so I don't see a need to fly. And I get it is a lot of driving, but I would rather just be in the car. And so I'm going to just drive by myself for like six plus hours and everybody else is way more nervous than i am i'm like this is fine but my mom is like no you gotta plot out exactly when you're gonna stop so you act and we so you actually get out and like walk around and i'm just like Ugh, like can't i just drive because when i when i, I mean i get if i'm tired but sometimes when i'm driving i don't like to unless i have to i don't like to stop i just want to get there but that's just me um, yeah I'm, I'm more or less the same when it comes to driving it's just i need a I need to always have like my map like on on my phone just so I know like oh I need to take this exit to go to this highway like I need to know where I need to like plan out like where I'm going at like all moments uh, yeah. of the drive and yeah. like, I can't really necessarily relax like I'll probably have like the radio on but like I'll turn it down whenever I think like I have like an exit coming up so I don't miss it oh um, yeah, yeah the, the first yeah. time I drove home, I drove from Chico to San Jose. I missed the exit, and I was suddenly I had to make a quick like sw- I had to like switch lanes really quick, and then I was just sitting in traffic. And I think I was gonna already be sitting in traffic, but I was sitting in traffic in the, wrong, the wrong way. Yeah. And then <laughs> the next time I drove home, I didn't miss my exit, and I was like, "Oh wow, this is so much faster when I go the right <laughs> way." Who would have thunk? <laughs> so this whole trip, the whole thing is, yeah, like, uh, they just want to, you know, regain their youth and everything. They just want to take a break from everything. And uh, they decide to throw. Okay, so Martin yeah. Lawrence <laughs> told his wife that he is going on some, like, plumbing, going to be at some plumbing convention. Yeah. And he said, you a, guys got to cover. A conference in Cleveland. <laughs> and so they, and then they all just, like, throw their phones yeah well at first like john travolta is like all right like no no phones we need to be free and then tim allen breaks his phone's like hey i'm not what you do that for and then macy who has the only working phone now just haphazardly throws it after like everyone's like no no no, we need at least one phone for emergency and hits the windshield of like this big rig car and is like oh shit we gotta go and they all just peel out (laughs) so their characters are so John Travolta is kind of like the leader of the group, and he is the kind of the wild, reckless one. Tim Allen is the level-headed one. Uh, William H. Macy is the timid and kind of dim-witted one. And yeah, Martin even, Lawrence, even though he's is, arguably the smartest one there, because he's like a, 
a computer yeah. programmer. <laughs> and Tim Allen is the, I mean, I'm telling that, sorry, Martin Lawrence well, is the. Martin Mar- Lawrence. Martin Lawrence is the black one. Like, I, I mean, <laughs> no, like, seriously. The token like, minority. <laughs> but no, seriously, like, they, I just, that I felt like that was his, I had no real issue with him. Like, he was fine. But I felt like he was more of, of, like, the comedic relief role, because pretty much, like, a lot of the stuff that he said was a really funny one-liner, or he made, like, a really funny facial expression. He to did, what, but also... All the dumb stuff that everyone else is saying. Yeah, but William H. Macy was, you know, air quotes, the dumb one. So I yeah. thought he was also... I, I kind of just felt like... I mean, Tim Allen and John Travolta were the leaders of the group. And Yeah, no, I definitely picked yeah. that up. This, I will say, the audience for this is definitely for men that's oh, i was 100%. thinking about that the whole time because i'm like not just the cast but also like the <laughs> just the, the I, motorcycle like, porn the, the, <laughs> the but oh uh, yeah also the fact that it's just filled with like gay jokes because it's a group of men all traveling together and of course the first oh, yeah. the first night they stop off and uh this is just after they have the whole William H. Macy shit in a bag thing. Yeah. <laughs> and and then uh they they're making s'mores and Tim Allen's marshmallow is on fire and rather than blow it out and eat it, he just throws it behind him and their tent gets set on fire. So they all have to share a mattress. Yeah. And then uh John C. McGinley shows up. He he's kind of the like He's, he's like he's a, a, a gay, highway patrol officer. Yeah, gay highway patrol officer who, like, is watching them. And, of course, they're all just, like, talking, like... Yeah, they're all spooning on the bed <laughs> of, on, like, this air mattress. Saying, like, God, it took me forever to blow it. I blowed so hard last night, and, God, my back's it's killing like, me from all that. Like, oh, it's just... Oh, man, my ass is sore from all that riding. Yeah, that's why we didn't bring our wives, so we can be closer as friends. <laughs> and then it just... It's really awkward. And then he, of course, is like, I hope to God you finish that sentence. And then <laughs> later, they decide, they, like, stop at, like, a little, like, creek watering hole to go swimming and decide to go uh, skinny swimming. dipping. Well, William H. Macy yeah. just immediately goes in skinny dipping, and then the rest of them is like, I, I mean, I guess. I mean, wild and free. And then they all just slowly convince each other to do that and then like a family of like five shows up with like these little kids it's like hey you don't mind if we swim with you guys it's like oh no <laughs> and that thought i thought i thought was i thought it was funny but i'm also like it's not like they're in a public pool they're not being it's not like they're being disgusting they were by themselves when they decided to oh, do yeah. this so i'm not like i wasn't like well yeah and they're like being shamed and i'm like that's not and then of course uh john c mcginley shows up <laughs> and yeah. and decides to join them and it just got <laughs> and then after that then he starts like okay fine Marco <laughs> and they're all just like, yells polo and then everyone else leaves <laughs> I thought that was or I thought they're all skinny dipping and William H Macy decides to do a handstand underwater and the guys <laughs> just went like ew like cuz so, and I thought that was funny that was the first time I like I laughed I genuinely laughed um, so, so a little uh, trivia about that. Uh, for that scene, like they weren't actually new. They were wearing like like the costume department basically made like these like uh, like pouches to to cover their stuff. Um, and and they even put like rhinestone like jewelry to make it spell out wild hogs, um, which was 
I thought that was really funny. But um, the cop, um, when he shows up, he like dives in like like uh, head first into the pool, and they had to do this like five or six takes. And because of that, his thing kept falling off. And after a while, it's like he just didn't bother to keep putting it back on. So after like the last couple takes, he's doing it completely nude. So I think in the movie, he's doing that nude where everyone else is wearing like the pouch. And this is the last time we see him. He doesn't show up again. No, it no, was, he doesn't. Yeah. But um, yeah, I, I, it was the fact that there were these like not discriminatory. There were not discriminatory gay jokes. They were no. just like. They were, oh, it's a group of men traveling together. We're going to make gay jokes. I mean, like, it, and they're not. Yeah. Yes, it was, it yes. was definitely a product of its time. Yes. But it, but it's not like it's, it's overly not like offensive. offensive. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's not offensive, or at least I don't think it is. It's, um, it's more of just how I, yeah, this is the, if you have a group of guys who are all straight, and that's how they're going to. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't. It wasn't anything overly yeah. offensive or anything like that. It was just definitely something I was aware of. I also going into this movie, um, there's another. There's a podcast I listen to where they talk about bad movies, and they talked about Wild Hogs a long time <laughs> ago. And so, pretty much everything that they said, I like within the first ten minutes. I'm like, yeah, I wasn't like they like <laughs> it's a hit every mark, and I'm like, oh my god, I, there was really. I mean, I didn't know the whole exactly what was going to happen. I don't remember that much of the podcast, but like they hit every mark. So it wasn't, I wasn't necessarily (laughs) majorly surprised, but um, yeah, they get out and then they quickly leave behind their skinny dipping uh, adventure and they keep, keep on rolling. And after this, they keep trucking. Yeah. Yeah. We just keep getting, and then we get, are getting like a montage of them just, cutting back and forth of them driving yeah. and or riding. And actually, so William H. Macy, the beginning of the movie, he's clearly the worst driver. And he keeps, yeah, like, he, running he, into yeah, things. Yeah, yeah, he, like, accidentally, like, jumps the curb and, like, crashes into um, uh, a street sign that says, Welcome to Cincinnati. Like, pretty early on in the beginning, and then later on when they're all going to the bar, he jumps the curb again. He just lose the control so he has to ride uh, on the back seat of john travolta <laughs> yeah and um, yeah, there's uh, uh, yeah i guess a scene in the when they're in the bar when they're deciding to take the trip there's some parade that they're all gonna be in and william h macy's like yeah i uh i have candy i'm gonna have tootsie rolls i'm gonna throw to the kids and mark lawrence is one that points out like how can you possibly do that you can barely drive and i so i thought yeah how is he gonna do this cross country first of all how long have they been driving it's been at least like 20 years i'm guessing that they've been all friends and doing this why is he still struggle so hard to ride and also because they, they probably only do this like every once in a while not like every day so it's okay, like he's probably but... just rusty it, it was just a, a running joke and i think yeah. But the, that was the it, thing yeah. was, it actually went away. Like, the most of the movie, he did not seem to have an issue writing, and it wasn't until the very end of the movie there was, uh, when they're leaving Madrid, and he, like, ran into, like, a pile of haystacks. Yeah. Well, that's because he wasn't, <laughs> he, he straight up just wasn't paying attention. Like, that, that wasn't, time, like, yes. A, yeah. yeah, like, yeah. That, that wasn't, like, of him making like an error of judgment of like scaring that was just him not looking where he was going so yeah. it was pilot error but it wasn't to an extent of him just blatantly losing control for no yeah. reason um 
But yeah, going back to the the road trip during their montage, this entire movie is pretty much like filmed in New Mexico, except for like the final scene where they're in uh, California. But it, it's really cool watching like their like kind of like montage throughout um, New Mexico because they make it look like it's a cross country road trip throughout like the plane like each landscape is completely different. Like they're going through like this, like very like outdoorsy woodsy area. They're going through like these plains They're going passing through like all these like valleys and canyons and rivers and just beautiful landscape. And it yeah. was really cool how they were able to incorporate a quote unquote cross country road trip all in one state. Uh, and it, I just really liked that they were able yeah. to pull that off, even though they probably had like a very limited, um, uh, scouting location like uh filming locations yeah yeah um and yeah i will say location wise i did think it was cool um i will say the beginning i have never been to cincinnati it just didn't look like cincinnati i've never that been was my either, only so thing. i can neither I, confirm nor i can't tell it, just, it, was I, cincinnati. it looked like new orleans i for some reason i don't remember why i thought that but um, regardless, I don't know. I've never been to any of these places, so I can't I, I, judge. I, I, Except I, I, the actually, ending, the last place. I'm like, I feel like I've been there. I've probably yeah, been there, but I don't yeah. remember. Well, I think even like, because I watched this like recently and I watched watch it with the director's commentary, so I kind of knew a little bit more. Of, like, of course you did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what else would I be doing? Um, so, yeah, I was like, well, and I'm pretty sure they said that like pretty much like 90% of this movie was filmed in New Mexico. And there actually is a town called uh, yes. Madrid uh, where they filmed there and they pretty much revamped that entire like main street, um, built that diner almost from scratch. Oh, yeah. Um, and it's still there. Yeah, it's still there. It's, like, it's pretty much like a tourist attraction there now. And pretty much I think they filmed like a couple things on a set uh, in uh, California, I believe, and then they filmed like the beach scene in California, and then that was pretty much it. But it, it's like ninety yeah. percent in New Mexico, and I think the opening shot of them in "quote unquote" Cincinnati is New Mexico somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, you're probably right that it, it doesn't look like Cincinnati because it, it, I, I don't know. It, it, was. it looked just like I for a second I thought it was New Orleans. That's just how the buildings kind of look but again i've never been there either so it's just how it's from pic- <laughs> no like from pictures and stuff that's how it looks but again i don't i don't know um, i saw princess and the frog approximately one time uh, i know what new orleans looks like no well yes but no i've seen <laughs> first of all i've seen princess and the frog more than once secondly I, there's other things i've seen set in new orleans that i don't know it was just the uh Anyway, regard it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. I just <laughs> going uh, yeah. on a tangent. <laughs> um, but yeah. So uh, anyway, they end up at the, they're in New Mexico and they're at this. They find this like biker bar and they're really excited. Like, oh, this is going to be so cool. And it is home of the Del Fuegos, which are like yes. an actual legitimate biker gang. Biker gang. Yeah. Who they, they, led by they, Ray Liotta. <laughs> Yeah, they, they, they think it's just like kind of like a, more or less like a truck stop or it's just like very friendly towards bikers. No, they're basically in like Hell's Angels, like Banditos type territory where this is like a legitimate like biker organization that does criminal activities. Like, oh, no, we're in the wrong place. Um, and it's also really funny because apparently to kind of like fill out like the casting call for this movie for like all the bikers for the Del Fuegos because they had they had probably like 50 or 60 extras 
of just people riding on motorcycles that look like bikers or were former like banditos and hell's angels and all these other like ex-members of legitimate biker organizations Mm -hmm. um and when they were filming in new mexico because they were near like they were filming somewhat close to like banditos or like whatever biker organization was over there um they had someone representing uh that organization come by make sure they weren't doing anything that was overtly disrespectful to them like they they couldn't wear like the del fuegos this fake gang couldn't wear colors uh like a, a patch like on the bottom right of their vest because apparently that's a big no-no um and that's like a real thing that bikers do so that would be like them kind of like establishing themselves or something so it's like oh if you do that like shit's gonna go down uh it's like oh okay didn't realize it was that serious yeah like it it was it was kind of like a scary thing to kind of hear about it just like yeah no like we had like a couple people from like hell's angels and like banditos like making sure like we weren't like disrespecting them in any way and god only knows what would have happened if they did um but yeah it it was really interesting kind of like hearing about that of just how much like representation they got from all these different biker organizations and how much attention they inadvertently drew to themselves by doing that it's like the in the mummy how he had to take kidnappers insurance out on the actors <laughs> that's like the that's like their equivalent the equivalent for wild dogs equivalent i don't, I don't think they have biker threat insurance though <laughs> i'm thinking you know your amount of knowledge of wild dogs i can't imagine What's going to happen when we get to, like, I don't know, if we ever do Kangaroo Jacks? I know that's another movie where you have the director's commentary at the I special actually don't have. I actually don't have that on DVD or anything. You don't? I, I thought you I, did. I, no, I, I just, I saw that, like, forever. I actually just recently watched that just on a whim with my family because I haven't seen that in probably, like, 12 <laughs> years. Like, last time I saw yeah. that, I was still living in, I was, like, probably, like, first grade and living in Texas. And I saw <laughs> yeah. it, like like so many times when it first came out but i've not seen it since until like a month ago and whoa that movie brings back some weird memories yeah. <laughs> like, i remembered a lot of the jokes but i remember them you being don't... a lot funnier than they were yeah in yeah. The movie. yeah um, um so anyway i would the... love to do that yeah. movie though but oh, yeah. anyway yeah, <laughs> anyway the... back to the del fuegos <laughs> so yeah they're just they walk in they're just gonna have a beer whatever and then of course the oh so uh william h macy is super excited because the beginning of the movie he is showing off his tattoo it's of the like original like 1980s apple logo he's like look (laughs) like i got marked and then when they get into this (laughs) biker bar and he's like nice tat want to see mine and it's like apple it's (laughs) so anyway uh and then yeah, yeah, yeah uh, he's like comparing it. He's comparing his tattoo to like some guys like, oh, nice tat. Where did you get? It? And it's like some like like chain link barbed wire like tribal tattoo that like armband like all the way around his arms. Like I got it in Leonworth. You. It's like in Leonworth, I learned is a prison. So oh. I was like, oh, this is not going to end well for you. <laughs> and he like I don't remember. It was like the something Galleria. Like he got it at the mall. Yeah, the Meadow Hills Galleria. It's like ooh. Yeah, you're going to die. Um, <laughs> so Ray Liotta comes over, and he is, of course, has a problem with them. And he basically is trying to, like, trick 
uh, Willie H. Macy is complimenting him on his bike. And yeah, yeah, he says like, "Oh yeah, who's who's like forty eight panhead is outside and it's like, oh that's that's mine. I'm sick of it. How about how about a trade? It's like, oh no, I'm I'm just driving like a like a Sportster. It's only like it's like a, it's it's pretty old. It's like Sportster. I grew up on that. Like I totally trade with you. It's like seriously. And he ends up showing him like it's like piece of junk that happens to be the same bike he was described or uh, some, the same model that he was describing it's like yeah no you already accepted the trade no trade backs and then he like lays into them it's like i'm so sick of you suburban assholes pretending to be bikers just because you wear leather and and ride a bike that doesn't make you bikers you're just posers you're fakes and then just lays into each of them individually and like also accurate like, oh, yeah <laughs> yes yeah, like so accurate it's like oh yeah like tim allen i bet you're an orthodontist like damn close enough <laughs> and just lays into all of them individually and it, it's just really funny but also like incredibly intimidating because ray liotta just like let loose for this movie he, he went full like not full method but like pretty damn close for this i just kept thinking ray liotta has been in so much such so much better <laughs> movies that i was like ray liotta Come on. But then again, so is everybody in this movie, so I can't really blame just him. But anyway, um, so they end up like, yeah, he he lays into them, and then I did think this was funny. He basically steals, he takes William H. Macy's bike, and then attacks, attack, they have a sidecar. William H. Macy is a uh, uh, bike. <laughs> I thought that was funny. And then uh, he's, of course, John Travolta is just so pissed off that they just let him, you know, bully. They were just all bullied and they're all grown men. And so they all want to just like, whatever, it's not a big deal. Let's just go home. And he walks back to the bar and clips the gas lines on the bikes. Yeah. And and then gets the bike, goes back, and he tells them that he, like, literally said you know, we're going to call our lawyers and blah, blah, blah. And yeah, just so, like the biggest, like BS lie you, you could have thought of. Which like, I kind oh, of yeah, thought, wouldn't it have been more badass for, of him to tell them the truth that he just clipped their cars? Clip, clip the, clip the uh, wires of their bike. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, yeah, it's like, that makes no sense on why you didn't just yeah. tell them that. The only thing I feel like later it made sense why he didn't tell them was because they ride past the bar the del fuegos are going after them their gas lines are all broke and of course someone drops a cigarette and the whole bar blows up and john travolta sees it in the mirror like holy shit so i get by that point because um you know it's that's like, a crime oh, i might have just killed a few dozen I was thinking, people. like i hope no one's inside and yeah um uh, and yeah. uh, uh, quick, quick tangent back to the, the the bar blowing up. So the director he wanted he he knew like right away like he was gonna blow this place up. But the problem was he told the special effects guy, "I want this thing to rival a Michael Bay explosion." So oh, this boy. thing blew up into a very hot burning fireball, and uh, Ray Liotta and like a couple like the other like Hudo Fuegos um, were supposed to stay on their mark. That was like relatively close to it um 
like like not close enough to the point where like they would be injured or anything in like yeah. a, an explosion or anything or hit by a shockwave, but because of how actually hot it was, they ended up destroying like straight up just melting three motorcycles and Ray Liotta and a couple of the other people like just left their marks because it was so hot. They they ended up destroying three motorcycles and the whole bar was burned down um in probably like three minutes. Um, because they later like cut back to like the Del Fuego's like planet. It's like, oh, we're gonna find these sons of bitches, and the the building is just charred ruins. That was the bar like three minutes after it blew up. <laughs> they, they, they were they were so lucky that no one actually got hurt because yeah, you, you can see in the movie like a lot of the the extras kind of like near the the bar entrance that are they're. they're they are hauling ass, and they are pretty close to the actual fire. And then when it blows up, like everyone's just like running away because they're they're. But a couple people are staying. It's like, no wait, we're supposed to stay on our marks. And then there's just kind of like a scramble and panic of them just kind of like either staying or leaving. Yeah. And a couple a couple of them are like looking back. It's like, are we supposed to stay or go? Stay or go? Like they, they can't they can't Holy decide crap. what they're what they're trying to do because it's actual chaos. Gee. Oh my yeah. god, that's the more you know. I want this to rival a Michael Bay movie, Fatal Fatal Words, when it comes yeah. to explosions. Um, so yeah, I under I totally get why this point why John Travolta he doesn't seem he is more upset because he's afraid that the Del Fuegos are going to come after them and kill them, which is a very viable thing reason. to be scared yeah. of. But yeah, but I'm like I'd be more concerned about I don't know cops just committed a crime people could have been inside you might have yeah, accidentally you <laughs> charged with arson someone might have been inside and uh but i mean i guess it's very clear so they get to uh well actually they're panicking so he's panicking so much and he's trying he's doing you know very classic comedy of trying to act casual but doing a terrible job at it and he's like yeah. no I, and they all need gas and he's like no let's just hit the road and so of course yeah no gas for next 200 miles and so they're just yeah. like literally <laughs> wheeling their bikes. their bikes yeah and then oh and um yeah yeah uh they um going back to the bar burning down they play um wanted uh dead or alive oh my god a, yes yes and, like that was really good but um between them doing that and them actually getting to madrid the director said this is like the most expensive scene musically uh we have uh of a movie scene ever done because it cost them like the actual budget for like all the songs that they did for this movie was probably like a third of the budget of the entire movie and that like probably like 11 minutes of them burning down the bar when they actually get to madrid and he's just saying like all these like right sally right like he's just saying like all these like random song lyrics and titles and stuff like it was the most like one of the most expensive shots in the entire movie of just 11 minutes of just music and music references actually the soundtrack for this movie is like on every dad's playlist every dad i'm i've i think maybe there's a couple of songs that i don't really i hadn't really heard or I, I don't, I can't, I wasn't like, oh yeah, this song. But like, like of course, it starts off with Slow Ride. And I'm like, you know, everyone, <laughs> if you've ever played Guitar Hero, you're pretty familiar with Slow Ride. I feel like Slow Ride's super overplayed <laughs> and it was because of Guitar Hero. Because everyone that was hearing it, everyone was aware of it. That's where I learned about it. And I, yeah, yeah, Slow Ride, Bon Jovi, it's just, uh, 
I'm like, I'm sure my dad has all these songs somewhere on his phone. Um, so <laughs> I think my they, dad still has like the records of these. Oh, really? I don't. We, I'm I'm the one in my family with the records. My parents are like, actually, we we did have a bunch of CDs, and I think my dad got an iPod and then was like, ditch the CDs. But uh, anyway, <laughs> they get to Mad uh, Madrid and they like barge into the diner. That's Maggie's diner. It's uh, owned by Marissa Tomei, and they are just like you know super dehydrated, and they're just like you know like the soda like like sprayer thing. They're just yeah. like spraying that into their mouths. They're just taking cuffs off of people's tables and then the sheriff comes in and the sheriff i i'm trying let me look up his name he's that like i've you see every you you know him i've seen him in everything he, he always the, plays um, like nerdy goobery like teacher he was yeah. the teacher in freaky friday uh, steven steven tobolsky tobolsky i think is his name probably I, I, I i can't i can't actually pronounce his last name you, you're, yes, you're, yes 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 yeah. yeah that's i know it yeah um yeah. <laughs> they just he's like that he's just in he's in everything like if yeah anyway he's just kind of like a bumbling authority figure or like a bumbling antagonist I, i've yeah he's just kind of been like one of those like character actors who's just kind of like incompetent at everything that he does yet he's still there yeah um and he i guess they're all they're all petrified they're like are you guys the Del Fuegos? And they're like, oh, no. And he's like, guys, it's okay. They're not Del Fuegos because the Del Fuegos terrorize this town. It kind of turned into yeah. like Bugs Life, honestly, at the end. Oh, 100%. Like, like yeah. they're, the gra- they're the grasshoppers. But um, <laughs> but uh, it's also very clear. I'm like, okay, well, I guess now I understand why John Travolta isn't afraid of the police being after him because clearly the police are more afraid of the gang than they are of the cops. So... He just wants to hit the road, but of course the the uh, gas station is closed till tomorrow, which will be the chill. It's the oh, it's the chili festival. Yeah, and uh, this is where I just kind of felt like there were. I will say this movie did have. There were ju- times where I did genuinely laugh. I thought this was like a solid joke, and then there were jokes that were just very cliche. Like I should have expected this, and then there are some that were just not that necessary and i felt like they just put it in there for like oh we need more laughs like you can't have yeah. too many laughs well and, a lot of yeah. the scenes in this movie like a lot of the dialogue is just straight up improv oh yeah yeah like i want to say like a good 40 percent of the dialogue between everyone is just improv and Will H. macy who's yeah terrified to talk to women and actually the beginning of the movie he's trying to impress this woman with a program where he's talking like like you know siri this is pre-siri but it's him yeah. like giving commands yeah and says like open internet and it says like what was it like alternative sex or something yeah yeah it's like oh yeah and it's like well it looks like i'm gonna have to look up alternative specs for this thing oh. it's like searching alternative sex and it just brings up like barnyard love and it's like yeah. grandma wants to spank your butt i was like what the and he's in like a public like like a like a starbucks and there's children around and he's just like taking actually, his computer apart and then he just spills coffee all over it actually the barnyard one apparently that was john travolta speaking with a southern accent oh i've read that i know um but he is like in love with marissa tomei and he tries her chili and it's way too hot and then uh they're, they oh they end up the sheriff basically says to him that suggests to them that they all go do this thing that they all do where you uh, slap full slap full slap and just keep makes you aware that you're not controlled by fear and 
it's them slapping a bull, which I don't know why they didn't see that coming. They thought it was like a uh, euphemism or like a, and I'm like, nope, that's yeah, exactly like, what hey, it is. Hey man, I thought this was a drinking game. <laughs> and John, John Travolta does it. And then uh, Tim Allen goes to do it. And of course this, they're like, Oh, this is crazy. We've actually never seen somebody do it twice. In a, it's never happened twice in a row. It'll be interesting. It's like, yeah, yeah. Now that the bull's alert and it's like alert. <laughs> oh, so, and, uh, Sorry, really quick. The the two sheriffs that are like the the work uh, with the the deputies, the yeah. deputies. They are twin brothers, and one of them, his ear is kind of blown off, and that's yeah. why the sheriff says we no longer carry firearms because sometimes you think the safety's on, and then the next thing <laughs> you blow your deputy's ear off. And so yeah. the brother stand always makes sure to stand on the right side of him so he can talk about his brother without him hearing. And I yeah. did like that joke because he later in the movie at the end of the movie he says something rude about his brother and he doesn't realize he's on the side where he can hear i'm like i thought <laughs> i did think that was that was funny um yeah the- yeah because he, he introduces himself like oh i'm earl and buck and just remember to tell us apart the uh the brother with the word eater in his name is the one that has both on his head now i can say that because i'm on the right side of him you say something earl no i did not buck <laughs> so uh they later um William H. Macy did not join them for the uh, slapping bull a bull. Slap. And he uh, wants to... Marissa Tomei wants to meet him on the dance floor, and then John Travolta quickly gives him dance lessons, which I thought that was funny, given that it's yeah. John Travolta. And he's doing well for a while, and then uh, kind of throws her into a table and a panics and starts doing the sprinkler. And then Marissa Tomei <laughs> just kind of goes with it. This, I thought, she just does this weird move over to him. I laugh there, like... And then they just dance, and it's it's... It's pretty cute, and he like gets the girl, and then we find out the Del Fuegos are kind of onto them and find them, and yeah, they yeah they Martin, yeah they found them. Yeah. Martin Lawrence goes up and just like talks to them and takes them, tells them to back off, and sque- uh, puts ketchup and mustard all over them, and they think that's the end of it, and they don't. They're yeah. still unaware of what John Travolta did until yeah. the next and, morning. And the, and the reason that the two Del Fuegos do nothing to like to beat the crap out of Martin Lawrence for just spraying all this ketchup and like splashing beer in their faces because like oh man Jack will get Ray Liotta's character will kill us because he explicitly told them he's like hey you want us to smack him around a little he's like no 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 I want to feel their bones break under my fist no one nobody touches them but me it's like okay we'll make sure we'll, we'll stay here and so Martin Lawrence just blast them with like ketchup and mustard and it's like no i was like we can't we can't do anything to them <laughs> so they literally just stay there and take this like juvenile punishment of just getting spurted with all this stuff and the whole town is just like eating this up of just like oh, he stood up to the del fuegos these guys are our heroes and it's just like oh man we should stay in town another day i'm i'm basically like the uh the mayor of this town now and <laughs> uh, um and the next morning, yeah, again, Judge Rolls is acting very weird. Why does he want to hit the road so quickly? And then the Del Fuegos come into town, and he tells them what he did. And then, of course, they uh, are they, they terrorizing this town, and they're basically going to, like, destroy the diner. So Will Mace Macy can't stand for that, goes to save the diner. And, of course, they then have him. And the Wild Hogs <laughs> yeah. attempt to rescue him. They end up fighting and then there's the whole speech of like you guys make it, saying we're not men, you guys aren't real men, you're the posers, and and then uh, Peter Fonda shows up, and he I guess is Jack's 
dad. He's like the ultimate yeah. cool biker, and he says, "Why do you yeah, think the, I don't that, hang that, out?" That was actually that that whole like oh like the, uh, thanks pop like him revealing that like that's his dad. Totally ad libbed. No, <laughs> like one hundred percent ad libbed, and then he says like takes after his mom. He's like, all right, that wasn't the script. I'll roll with it. <laughs> and uh, he basically says like, why do you think I don't hang out at the Del Fuegos anymore? Because you're missing the point of writing and. And uh, he, and then of course, uh, oh, so Tim Allen called his wife before, and she's on the phone. Martin Lawrence's wife is with her, and she's like, "Oh, yeah. they're calling me from New Mexico. They just," and she doesn't know that he went on a road trip. They got there, they drove cross country and got to New Mexico incredibly quick. Yeah, and of course she's like screaming at him, and he basically says like, you know. I love you, but like, stop talking uh, to me it's like, like I'm a kid. And their yeah, marriage is way yeah, better no, now. They, yeah, they, yeah, they got yeah they got there in like a day. Yeah, <laughs> um, I get no stopping, but like other than for gas, like they just I, I don't know. I was just like I was literally expecting I'm like they're gonna show up, and then <laughs> they just they did, and and yeah. then he like. Uh, Tim Allen's son is so impressed like whoa you beat up a bunch of bikers I gotta go call my friends and tell them and uh, nothing changes for John Travolta <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, <He's> still... <laughs> his wife doesn't suddenly show up saying oh again I love you and I'll get you out of all your debt and yeah basically that doesn't um... happen <laughs> he, he I'm, but I mean I feel like he, he's just kind of like realize that it's like oh i don't really need any of that like i have my friends like i have like i lost like because he he kind of says this like when they're like all fighting the del fuegos which is also a really funny thing because william h macy is still tied up when he's fighting them they literally like duct tape his like arms to his side so he can't really do anything um so he's fighting them while tied up but um uh john travolta like in the middle of a fight is just like it's like it's like, do whatever you want to be. It's like, I got no wife, no job, no house, but I got my friends. I got them to the end. And they just get the ever-loving crap beaten out of them. And they all just kind of like are on the ground. It's like, are we doing this? And it's like, yeah. And they all stand up. They're like barely hanging in there. And like uh, Ray Liotta is just like, the hell's wrong with you? Like he, he doesn't understand like why these guys won't stay down after like the massive beating that they just got from like the 60 bikers that just beat yeah. these guys up uh and then eventually like the whole town jo- joins up and then ray Liotta's dad shows up who is the founder of the del fuego's like no no no, get get on the road and and ride the road until you realize what biking is really about and basically yeah. just like sends him to his room basically basically um and then the but, yeah, yeah family show up and they make it onto uh they, they get to like it's like socal they're like you know they're like driving along the beach and there's this whole joke of because, like, uh, William H. Macy has been running into things because he's a horrible biker. And then, of course, it's all the other guys run into a surfboard. And, the, and, and William H. Macy laughs. And then that's the end. And yeah. they're in the credits. I actually <laughs> thought this joke was super funny. So because they burnt down the bar, we then we, – we're cut to – it's an episode of, like, you know, Extreme Makeover, Home like Edition. Home Edition. And it's for the Del Fuego. So it's like, move that bus! And it's a new Del it's Fuego like, bar. Yeah, let, let, let me introduce the Del Fuego family. And the <laughs> parking lot is completely made of leather. and But they're all, like, like the one main, like, one of, like, Jack's, like, sidekicks. The tall, like, 
ginger with the beard. He like covering has his yeah. hands over his mouth, so shocked. Like I thought that was super funny. And yeah, it's like this is so cool. This is so cool. And they said they got a call from the wild hogs, and I'm like, that's how it works. Like you just like uh, I don't I don't know. I don't believe yeah. that. Like it's so easy just to put them on extreme extreme makeover. I just thought that was I'm like what. But um, I thought that joke was so random, and so I thought that was really funny. It, it was so out of the place, and just like not something that you were expecting. Also, but it so was topical because just... is that that's just not on anymore. I don't I, think. I I I I never really watched it. I I don't know if that is. Still we watched it a, a little thing. bit. It was one of those things like I don't think we recorded it, but if it was like on and it was like entertaining, like it was definitely not a boring show. But yeah, I don't. I yeah, but. Uh, it's very like that's that's such a that's a very two thousand seven reference right there, and then that's yeah, and it, then it, it was such a, a random joke, yeah. And Ray Liotta is just he will not like he's like tears in his eyes and <laughs> but it was a Jack was just a I don't know what wow. Jack like he just wouldn't really like but it, I thought that was yeah then that then that's the end of the movie and yeah. uh, they're all watching it on a TV in a bar and then that's the end of the movie and I guess apparently. There were plans for a sequel, but it got scrapped after uh, the movie Old, Old Dogs, but which was John yeah, Travolta which, and Robin Williams, and that also was a flop. Which I, I, yeah, that movie I did not like. I didn't see it. I just know one of them finds out they're a dad, and uh, there's a scene where Seth Green is being cradled by a gorilla. Like I, yeah, I just it just in the trailer <laughs> it looked very obviously trying to be funny, but I remember. Oh, um... I I remember the uh, poster for it. The tagline "Sit, stay, and play, Dad" was way bigger than the actual title because I remember my friend oh, thought yeah. that's what the title was. <laughs> we were I'm not I, kidding. I, we were I, waiting in line. I for remember movies. that too. Like yeah. my sister had like the same thing. I, I I think, and I I also remember the trailer. The entire trailer was just kind of like them was like, oh, like Robin Williams discovers he's a dad after all this time with like an old fling or something like that. But the entire trailer takes place with uh, him, John Travolta, and Seth Green in the zoo being attacked by the various animals. And that is only like a five-minute scene in the movie. And yet that's what the entire trailer was. And that's the funniest part of the entire See, movie. I can't stand when trailers do that when the yeah. funniest bits are all in the trailer. And then it's like, so the trailer's really great, but the movie sucks. Yeah. So, so uh, like me as a kid going into that movie thinking it was like, oh, it's these three guys stuck in a zoo trying to to get to Rob Williams' kids. Like I thought that was it. I thought it was just them like navigating the zoo because they had to break in for some reason. Like I don't I don't know what I was thinking. Like as a Ocean's kid, but Eleven, just, but they got to break yeah, into like, a zoo. Yeah, it's like oh, we we gotta get to gotta get to my uh, my kids because they're in there for a thing that they won't let us in for some reason or something, but they just have to go through like, like enclosure by enclosure and then just constantly being harassed or encountering all these various dangerous wildlife, like them getting pecked by penguins or the gorilla just like cradling Seth Green because he thinks it's like a defenseless baby because he's so small and shrieking. Um, it's like, oh, this this will be really funny. It's just like, oh, them interacting with all these animals. That's going to be super funny. No, it's literally just those two scenes. It's like, son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, this was, uh, uh, Wild Hogs had like a 14% from critics and audiences gave it like a 61. 
And yeah, I think once the they're actually on the road, I felt like the movie got a lot better. The first kind of half, I was just very not into. And then once they were like, especially when they're in Madrid, I was really, really invested by that point. Yeah. But the first oh, half. You mean Madrid? Mad- oh, yeah, Madrid. <laughs> sorry, Madrid. Uh, yeah. But I don't, yeah, the first part, I was just not into, and I was very struggling to be into it. And But uh, I don't know. It's... Um, it's just a, it's a, it's a, it's a dumb comedy. It's not any, it's, there's it's nothing, a dumb comedy, but nothing yeah. horribly wrong. I mean, I mean, yes, there are things that are, it wasn't even like, oh, this is the worst piece. It was more just like, they could have done this to make this better. It wasn't that re- anything wrong with the premise. I guess it was more just like, care. I don't know. It was just kind of, it's a dumb comedy to watch while you're yeah. cooking or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like a background movie but i mean it, it's definitely not as bad as like a lot of like other comedies like like paul bart mall cop i think is like a way worse comedy than this movie and yet this one is kind of like a lot more obscure than paul bart mall paul cop Blart just has become such a big deal because it's you know fat, so it's so ab- absurd yes and like you know yeah. it got a sequel and then that video of the guy on who's the biggest Paul Blart fan and he has his whole room decorated to Paul Blart stuff. Oh yeah. Singing to the like Paul Paul Yeah. Paul, the song Paul, Pompeii, Paul, Paul, Paul. but it's to like his own song of how much he loves Paul Blart. Like yeah, that it's again this is also yeah, a period of time where comedies were just simply like absurdity is what's funny. And the thing is, I'm not yeah. against that. I'm not opposed to nonsense. Um it's just all about it's you know, a comedy is comedy, so it is all about timing and delivery and sometimes there was like there was a joke where um when they were you know after they left del fuego when when john travolta went back uh to go just before he went back to go get the bikes and tim allen and john travolta are talking and this was at at the chili festival they're talking about that moment and he says and john travolta's like yeah i'm i'm sorry i called you a pussy and tim allen's like you didn't call me a pussy. He's like, oh well, I, I mean, I was, I was thinking, <laughs> like, yeah, that's like, just I, didn't I thought was your face. funny. It's, <laughs> it's just there's, it's, I don't know, I, I, but comedies, comedies are also, comedies a lot harder, I feel like, to write than people would think because everyone's yeah, got I, a I, different, everyone's got a different taste. Yes, yeah, everyone's different I, sense I, of humor. I, and I, I genuinely think that like comedies and dramas are like the hardest things to write. I, I think honestly, I think comedy is probably even harder than drama. I think, but yeah, um, yeah, because yeah, I yeah, I think I'd have to agree with that actually, because like drama is like for the most part, those are all like grounded in reality in the real world, whereas like comedy can be it's like oh yeah, like we can have like slapstick humor and have like no physical like repercussions of like this guy getting hit in the face with a sledgehammer. Yes. Um, and, and so on and so forth. All right. So uh, back back to Wild Hogs. I, I the the question of of could this actually happen, Sam? Um, I think all of this could happen. I think every single thing could happen. I just don't think it would <laughs> happen. I don't think I didn't find really any of this very. I don't know. Again, because it, again, it's not like. It's not like our previous movies where I'm like, it's just simply no. Like, I did. I think uh, some of the struggles, I were realistic and are things that middle aged men deal with, and this yeah. the idea of mortality and realizing I'm 
in my mid 40s, early 50s, like, I'm and not I've done nothing with my life, yeah, or, yes. like, or at least at least some of them kind of had that realization is like, geez, I have nothing like John outside Travol- of yeah, this. John Travolta even like called out to Mal. He was like, "I'm sorry, you hate your life. You have such a shitty life." And he's like, "I don't hate my life." Like he does definitely. He's yeah, wishes. He has no, he doesn't really seem to have regrets other than he just wishes he was young again. And he yeah. wants to be carefree and he's not because he has responsibilities. He has, a, he has a husband and a father. He has a job. And even in the hospital, because he ends up in the hospital for like, it's like a few minutes in the movie. And he says to his wife, like, I mean, I put all that on hold for you and our son. And she's like, so it's my fault. And he's, and that's not what, and, and, and he's like, first of all, I'm in the hospital. I can't really blame anyone but myself. I, I yeah, it's like, I'm in a hospital. It's easier to blame other people for my problems. And it's like, that was, a, that was another improv line. Super solid. But like, I thought, so I thought the things that they're all dealing with were, other than William H. Macy, I just thought that was really unrealistic. It's like, you're in your 40s and you're still struggling so hard to talk to women. Like, unless it was he went through some kind of messy divorce or he something happened that made him this timid uh I yeah think, I, f- I feel I, like they should have fleshed him out a bit more he was not fleshed out at all other than he couldn't talk to women it's like yeah he was he was nerdy and couldn't talk to women that was, that was pretty much it. it it was um so i yes everything in this movie could happen i just don't think any of this movie could <laughs> happen yeah i i think like then for uh my, my take on this is that i think the natural progression of this movie was pretty straightforward yeah. up until they get to the Del Fuego bar. And as soon as like that goes sideways and like him, him, him cutting the, the lines and them driving by it. I, I don't think they all would have like the Del Fuegos would have just stood there and just like, then just kind of like watch them go by. I think they would have just gone after them and then would have caught them a lot sooner. And also the fact that John Travolta was able to cut Every single motorcycle's gas Not line without anyone, yeah, with no one noticing. I, I straight up think that they would have caught him, like caught him, and he would have just been like face down in a ditch behind the bar, dead. And then that would have been the end of the movie. Like I, I straight up think that, like, and if that didn't happen, I, I, I straight up think that the the, the Del Fuegos would have just killed these guys out, think, of, out of just pure retribution. By that point, I also think the thing about the Del Fuegos is I get their frustration of them feeling like they're actual real bikers and they're seeing all these people that aren't. And yeah, they missed the point that these guys aren't trying to, yes, they're kind of trying to be like a biker gang, but they are also just, they love riding. And that's what the whole point of this road trip is. Um, Yeah. They just want to be free. But I think if maybe that was introduced sooner and then the, throughout the movie, they're trying to run away from them. It was just kind of, you know, it got more interesting with the Del Fuegos because that was when, like, things started happening. Yeah, like, it, yeah. this movie didn't have, like, an antagonist until, like, halfway through the movie. The antagonist was yeah. just their own mortality, I guess, which, that's not funny. <laughs> that's just sad. And it could have, and if that's the case, uh, fine, but, like, it could have been, you know, just have it be, like, a you know just a group of guys, a group of middle-aged guys decide to take a road trip on their bikes. And then the Del Fuego yeah. is a part of it, but not, they made it out to be like, that's the big premise, which yes, that's what happens, but they don't yeah, show up till like more than halfway through the movie. Yeah. But o- overall, I, I do very much enjoy this movie flaws and all. Like it is a funny movie. It does achieve what it's trying to achieve as a comedy. Like you will laugh 
at this movie. It does take a bit to get the ball rolling, but I mean, you do need to get a little bit of like a character introduction on why these four guys feel like they need to go on this road trip because their lives suck that much or they, yeah. they, they need it because it's like, they don't know, like they're going to hit like a breaking point eventually from just going through like their humdrum mundane lives. Um, but I, I think it pulls off what it's trying to do very well. Um, I didn't realize that this movie was as critically panned as it was because I didn't think it was that bad, honestly. But, but I, also when I, you grow I guess up with I'm, it, you're. I think we we both have this. There's certain movies. Everybody's got this. There's a movie that you yeah. love so much that you don't. You're unaware of. You don't notice certain yeah. things because you like it, which is totally fine. Yeah. It, and it's also been yeah. years since I've last seen this, yeah. so we, I did notice a lot of like the cracks a lot more on my most recent viewing of it than I did in the past. But it, they didn't seem as they don't seem that glaring as compared to other comedies that are way more beloved, like Paul Blart, even though they are not as good or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't know why I keep comparing this to Paul Blart, but that I mean, that it, it just seems movie. like a natural kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, it came yeah. out after, but yeah, it's that same like nonsensical comedy of middle-aged man being the hero as opposed to the young person. Yeah, the, the the young uh, up-and-comer. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think we've got a few minutes. Do you want to do recommendations? Unless you haven't, um, wa- unless you haven't watched anything. Then we'll cut this out. <laughs> I, I'm trying to think of like stuff that I've actually been genuinely watching. Um, on Netflix, actually, I've been kind of revisiting my childhood because they just put, um, as of this uh, recording, they have all of Avatar The Lost Airbender series as well as Legend of Korra. So I am going to be... I've already binge-watched all of Avatar, so I'm going to be uh, continuing that binge-a-thon with uh, Legend of Korra and kind of finish the whole saga. And... Uh, super fun kind of watching all of those because I haven't really seen those um, uh, since they first came out, which is kind of a bummer because it seemed like Nickelodeon more or less kind of buried Legend of Korra after the second season because I didn't even know that they made a third season until I saw trailers for the what? fourth season what? randomly on YouTube. That's weird. Yeah, like it, it just, it was, it was out and then I didn't hear, I literally heard nothing that they made a third season until I saw a random trailer for the fourth season coming up. And I only saw the fourth, they only had like the fourth season um, on Nickelodeon.com. Like I, I couldn't, I, I didn't know, I didn't see it like anywhere listed on like their actual like channel. Um, so I had to like find them all online and watch them through that because they yeah. just seemed to more or less bury the show because I guess weird. they were. Well, I kind of can't blame them because Legend of Korra, there are a lot more. This definitely isn't a kid's show type moment of. Like Clone yeah, Wars? That guy just, yeah, but somehow worse. And they also did, oh, like. Wow. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, not as bad as Clone Wars, but like there were a few moments where it's like, yeah, no, that, that dude's straight up dead. Like, there's no, like, implying that they totally survived that. It's like, nope, his head just blew up. He is dead. Yeah. Those three men are going to starve to death because. You only gave him one plate of rice, and the next guard shift is in two weeks. Those men are going to starve to death or resort to cannibalism. Neither situation is good. Um, yeah. And then they also like heavily implied like a uh, like uh, like sexual like they did uh, uh, a lot of like implications of like uh, sexual um, 
uh, identity, like, I don't even know how to explain this. Um, self-sexual identifying uh, in this in this show, which I guess Nickelodeon didn't like, is like, no, they need to be straight or don't in, don't address it at all. What year? Um, what year was this? Uh, a few years ago, like 2015. Um, that's kind of like say. At, so. Yeah, was, that's kind of at the end yeah. of the like Disney did that like with High School Musical three. When, like, the character Ryan wanted to come out as gay and Disney wouldn't let them. But that was, like, 10 yeah. years ago. And now that, of course, would, you know. But, like, 2015, that seems, that's kind of in that weird middle of where things it, are yeah, starting it, to it was, change. Yeah, it was on the cusp, yeah. And and now, like, on uh, on Nickelodeon, I know that in the show The Loud House, they, they straight up just have um, one of their characters is just openly gay. Um, from what I've heard, I've never actually watched the yeah. show, but I do remember hearing That's uh, cool. a couple things about that. Just like, all right, sweet, yeah, yeah, good for you. That's all right, yeah, yeah, uh, but, yeah. They yeah. they they did um, after the end of Legend of Korra, they did straight up confirm that. I was like, oh yeah, Korra is bisexual, and this this is the reason why in like a, a comic that is officially attached to the canon narrative of the the end of the show. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I was like, sweet. We we got our just desserts. <laughs> yeah, Avatar, um I want to finish Clone Wars first. That's my first priority. <laughs> How far into I'm still that on season gotten? five. I, I've been very aware that I haven't watched any in the last couple weeks, and so I'm in like okay. this week I have to catch up. Uh because I want to finish okay. it before season two of Mandalorian. That's my goal. That's fair. Um Um Yeah, no, yeah. I remember that in season five there's gonna be I'm I'm getting, you're like, gonna get a phone call from least, me probably i'm getting I'm, I'm gonna get like at least two phone calls from you based on <laughs> off of your reaction i love that when it's a, they're not it's, gonna be good once it's gonna i'm not gonna i have no idea i love watching things with you this is definitely a show like like danny phantom that i honestly wish that i got to watch with you because you oh, know yeah. exactly what stuff like i was thinking about this the other day when uh dan the one that's basically like infinity war where uh Oh, the reality gauntlet. Trans transforms in front of everybody, and my jaw. And you looked went looked at me. I my jaw literally dropped, and you literally went and jaw dropped just as my jaw like <laughs> fell open. Like, <laughs> it's um, like three, two, one, jaw drop. <laughs> um, yeah. So I'm making my way through that, but uh, I I actually a couple like two weeks ago. So yeah, it's been a couple of weeks since our last episode. Uh, due to scheduling slash uh, technical issues, we recorded an episode and then due to poor Wi-Fi, lost it. And so had to kind of just yeah. move forward. Um, yeah. But we'll just do it again <laughs> at another time. But um, anyway, I like two-ish or so, three weeks ago, I watched Palm Springs. It's okay. the Andy Samberg movie. It's on Hulu. Oh yeah, that's that, uh, that, that Groundhog Day. See, I didn't know anything movie, about yeah. it. I knew a movie was coming out called Palm Springs, Andy Samberg, and, like, Chris, uh, Kristen Maloney. I, I know the actors. I can't think of her name. But, like, she uh, – but the – yeah, yeah, I didn't know. It's like, a, it's like Groundhog's Day. They're stuck in a time loop. Or he's stuck in a time loop, and then she gets stuck in it with him. And the idea is kind of – they're stuck at this wedding in Palm Springs, and the idea kind of becomes, like, nothing matters. And so they're just living, like, you know, no tomorrow. Nothing matters. And then eventually, obviously – that's not gonna that's only gonna last for so long so it's very it's <laughs> way way heavier than groundhog's day 
because Groundhog's Day, obviously, yeah, no. it's until he makes it, you know, he has to become a better person and he gets it right, he will then move forward. Whereas this, like, no, like, it's not. There's, it's, no, there's no, no telling when it's going to end. No, like, I, I won't give anything away, but it's not, uh, it's not just a, we have to do things, make amends or whatever. Because, right, that's what her first thought was. Oh, I got to make amends for things I did and then I'll, you know, whatever. But um, it's... I thought it was, I, there were a lot of jokes I thought were super funny and I was super into it, not knowing anything about it, which was nice. Cause I usually know, I usually, you know, see the trailer and I'm very aware of it. And this time I had no knowledge of it other than they're <laughs> at a wedding. I knew Andy Samberg, Palm Springs at a wedding. That's all I knew. I didn't really know anything else. Yeah. Um, yeah. I definitely recommend that. That's on yeah. Hulu. Um, yeah, no, I, I definitely saw the trailer. So I was like, this looks really good. And I've been seeing a lot of trailers for the show that, as of this recording is premiering tonight on HBO, uh, Lovecraft Country, which oh. I, I'm I'm a big like HP Lovecraft fan, so I was like, oh, this is gonna be really cool. Like I'm, it, it kind of takes place in like like the rural South in like I guess like the 1960s or something. So and a it it's also got like Jordan Peele attached to it. Oh, and just, I'm I'm already hooked because he's yep. done a lot of like really good stuff in terms of horror with like Get Out and I still need to see Us, um. But he he's just kind of made like a name for himself outside of just being part of Key and Peele. And he's so this I kind of like he's so uh funny and that he everyone assumed he was just going to be a comedian and it's like he's so he's such a talented horror writer director like that's yeah. what I've noticed a lot with. A lot of like you know when you come from a background of comedy, you're very versatile. Yeah, I've seen. I've like we've all seen this a lot, and so yeah, he's yeah, so no. talented. It's stupid. Yeah, <laughs> I, I'm really looking forward to watching that tonight when that premieres. I already have it set to record and everything yeah. in case I miss something. Um, but yeah, no. Um, by the time that this comes out, we'll probably be in like episode two of Lovecraft Country. <laughs> um, so. If I'm wrong about the show and it sucks, well, then this is going to age like milk then. <laughs> <laughs> um, so before we sign off, we are on Spotify, Apple, Stitcher, and YouTube. Please like and subscribe and review us. That'd be really great. Um, and yeah, just keep on keep on listening. Uh, yeah, send, send us some suggestions or recommendations on TV shows or movies that you want us to do. Otherwise, we'll just kind of keep doing what we want to do and, if that's what you guys are into. And we're officially out of our summer movies, and we're going to move on to some September, September things. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> I, already, I already have a couple ideas for, lined up for September, so don't you worry, folks. In the meantime, I'm Kevin Tracy. I'm Smith Tomlinson. And you've been listening to Movie Reel. Take care, folks.